This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. And today I'm joined by Graham Constantine, Chief Creator at Digital Freelance. Hello, Graham. Hello, Andy. How are you? Uh, very, very well on this very sad day, but let's not get political. <laughs> uh, Graham, um, tell us a little bit about yourself before we go into the meat and vegetables of this discussion. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I run Digital Freelance. Uh, we started on the 1st of March uh, 2016. That's this year. And uh, my background is uh, I've done a lot of NLP training. I worked in the corporate world. Uh, I made a decision to create my lifestyle business back in 1999. So you had to think about that, didn't you? I did. <laughs> it's a long time ago, and yeah. I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, we're going to be talking about um, sort of uh, surviving, uh, or more like sort of how to market a lifestyle business. Because yes. here in Brighton, we are in Brighton, uh, by the way, everyone, and sunny Brighton, um, there's a lot of lifestyle businesses in Brighton, aren't there? The, there they're, are they're like, um, well, let's, let's get a good definition of a lifestyle business. Yeah, yeah, I think a lifestyle, well, people who start a lifestyle business typically have got fed up with the corporate rat race or working for the man somewhere along the line mm. and now have a passion or something that they love doing, normally something creative or artistic or service-based uh, that they want to turn into a business. Yeah. And they have certain challenges, don't they? They do indeed. I'm, I'm, I'm talking do. from great experience here because I myself really am sort of a lifestyle business, <laughs> <Yeah>. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that you you go through like a phase of initial enthusiasm uh, where uh, it's amazing and you realise you're following your dream and uh, you're doing what you love and you're really following your passion. And then reality kicks in that you have the bills to pay. Yeah. And so um, to pe- businesses typically go, or business owners typically go through a few stages. Uh, they go through the euphoria stage. Then they go through the panic stage. Oh, no, I haven't got enough money to pay the bills. Mm. And then they start to figure out that, that once they've sold to their friends and family, that they need to broaden their outlook a little bit. Uh, and then they uh, go on and make some mistakes that I'm sure we're going to talk about very shortly. Absolutely, yes, because I remember when I started, and uh, like a lot of people in Brighton who are doing lifestyle businesses, you very quickly realise that uh, clients in Brighton aren't the way to go. <laughs> because everyone else in Brighton has a lifestyle business and can't <laughs> yeah. afford anything. Yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> or you end up trading or bartering things, yeah, which is great as well, but yeah. it's not sustainable because you can't barter with uh, HMRC or with your landlord, typically. <laughs> no, no, or your mortgage uh, company. <laughs> yes, I, I have tried it, so they, they didn't want to take the, the beer bottles. Um, so let's talk about some, you know, from sort of um, online marketing and sort of social type yeah. of aspects because I know you help a lot of people with that yeah let's go over some typical mistakes that people make yeah, I, I, I yeah. know what you're going to say first because we talked about this before we press record but uh, the classic one of making a website and then not doing anything with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that's going to be your first one isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, websites are great don't get me wrong they're, uh, they're a wonderful asset to have uh, but if it's just a shiny uh, object that sits on the web and no one ever visits it or they do visit it but don't take any action when they get there or there's loads of beautiful photos on there but it doesn't really tell them what you do, mm. then it's not really going to be an effective business tool. It's going to be more of a vanity type thing. Yeah. And I have worked with uh, quite a few business owners who basically build websites that are for themselves rather than for their audience. Mm. Uh, they take a lot of things for granted that people who come to the site will share their passion and will know 
the intricacies of what they do, but unfortunately most people won't, so you have to really educate and explain to them what you do. Do you think that the design of the website is more important than the content, or do you think that the content is more important? Or do you think they're I about think the same? it's a combination. Um, mm. I think it also varies depending on what age of person you're trying to serve. Mm. So generally older people, such as myself, although I don't really see myself as being old, um, tend to like a lot of more written content. Mm. Generally younger people are much more visual, so they like to see a more uh, stunning visual. So it really depends on uh, the age of market, the age of person that you're aiming to sell to, and that's also a key distinction to make yeah. uh, in your marketing. Yeah. And in your, your experience, Graham, because I know you've got a lot of, lots of clients, are they... Do they tend to build their own websites? Is there a reluctance to go out and get it done? Sort of, I'll put my finger quotes up there properly. <laughs> uh, do a lot of people self-build their websites? They normally, they normally have a friend who's normally called Fred or Peter, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> who who has done a little bit of web design sometime or other, yeah, and is very willing and really wants to do a good job for them. Mm. But normally they're doing it in their spare time, and so. It starts off well, but then it gradually goes slower and slower, and you can't get changes made. Yeah, and it's also it looks like a hobby website, mm. and that's not really what you need today. It was okay five years ago; hobby websites were fine, but now it needs a more professional yeah. uh, look and feel. Really, yeah, yeah. And so you're saying effectively that there should be a lot more research done up front to to try and work out what your target clients yes are after yeah. so that's that's very yeah. content related isn't it i suppose yeah yeah Con- the yeah. content is quite important and also to write the website in a language that uh, a person is not as skilled as you in your subject area can understand yeah. i want to actually talk about social but before i go into social i must i know this is slightly off piste listeners it's not so much um sort of online and web related but i have to talk about networking because me and graham have got some history with networking <laughs> oh, yeah, and i know that this is one of the classic mistakes that a lot of um uh, sort of lifestyle business people make like some like in my case it was a very very nice guy that i knew he was one of the parents at my kid's school and he was quite a successful businessman and he said to me andy you need to start networking and i thought what a fantastic idea so i became mr <laughs> mr network brighton and uh, one of the things one of the jokes I, I always remember hearing from another networker was um trouble is with networking in brighton you always meet the 40 42 sane networking people <laughs> that's very true <laughs> what what just before we talk about the social side yeah, things, yeah. what experience have you had with 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 small businesses lifestyle businesses uh, and networking um i've had lots and lots of experience i went through the similar uh, pattern that you went through of going mm. to every networking event that was going mm. and thinking that just by socializing with people and having a nice chat with them that somehow that would lead to more business yeah and uh, unfortunately, it didn't. That was the that was the reality of. It. I remember meeting uh, one of my clients, uh, Chris, who was like stood in this networking event, looking really lost mm. and just kind of surveying the room, kind of not really sure what to do. So I kind of took him under my wing and introduced him to some people. Yeah, I think a lot of one of the skills that you learn in networking is how to have a conversation with another business person about mm. a business a business related conversation is what I would call it. Yeah, and that translates extremely well into social media. Well, I was going to say, because you come, you normally come with about 55 cards, don't you? Yes. Most of them duplicates from last time. But <laughs> yes. You have to deduplicate them. Yes. What do you do with those cards in terms of social media? Well, in terms of, I use a little uh, app called Snap that basically enables you to take a photo of uh, the card. 
yeah. and uh, import it into your CRM or your database. So it does optical character recognition. It yes. saves yeah. you a lot of typing, yeah. basically. Yeah, yes. yeah exactly. Yeah. And I would highly recommend to, to all startup businesses that they create some way of keeping track of all their contacts yeah. online and offline so mm. that they can communicate with them regularly, yeah. typically using email, but also social media as well. Yeah. And how does, because uh, we'll come on to, so- I keep saying we'll come on to, so- we will. <laughs> I promise we will come on to social media in a second, but just the, what should, I mean, you mentioned obviously getting these cards into some sort of database, but what should we be doing with these names, sort of regular a, contact? That's presumably? a very good question, yeah. yeah. Um, what, we, what we typically do is we, with, for our clients, is we organise a content plan. Mm. So, so uh, obviously, if you have an email address, then you can send an email to your clients. I don't recommend newsletters because they tend to be too long, quite boring, but short, mm. sharp uh, emails, uh, inviting people to read your blog or mm. to watch your video or to listen to your audio like we're doing now. Yeah. Uh, extremely effective to keep that contact going until the client is ready to buy. And in the old days, uh, the old uh, adage for salespeople was it takes seven touches to get to yes. Yes. But the thinking now is it takes maybe 21 or more because we're all bombarded with so much information. This is a problem, isn't it? There's so much noise out there. It's signal-to-noise ratio. Yes. So let's let's come on to social then. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, presumably we're on Twitter or on Facebook. We've got a load of names. We've got a growing network. Yeah. Let's start off with some classic mistakes people make on social. Yeah. Things to avoid. Yeah. I think one of the key things is mixing uh, information that is too personal with business-related information. Mm. So if you're paint, posting a picture of anti-ethyl, that's probably good to do on your personal page. Yeah. If you're posting a picture about your latest blog post, then it's probably better to do it on your business page. Mm. But try not to mix those two up. Yeah. Uh, that's a classic mistake. The other mistake is just trying to do everything. And if you try and be on too many social media channels all at once, you will end up probably either posting vigorously for a few weeks and then stopping yeah, or, or repeating the same information on multiple platforms. The context of the platform is really important. Yeah, I was going to ask because we've got, we've got LinkedIn, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter. They're probably three of the bigger ones yeah. there's probably others I've completely forgotten what are the different characteristics of them what are they useful for I think Facebook is good for engagement and connection and like mm. a social connection with your clients or potential clients mm. so you can generally image is very good on Facebook video is getting more and more important on Facebook as well and uh, basically lo- slightly longer content but not too long yes something that could probably be consumed in a minute or less maybe two minutes tops uh, Twitter is very, very short and is kind of a bit of a slow burn for most businesses. Yeah. And also you need some kind of writing skills to make something interesting in 140 Without characters. Without compressing wins too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, LinkedIn is uh, is more of a business platform. And so yeah. I would probably, the content on LinkedIn would probably be more serious and more business related. Do you, many, do you know many people that, actually blog on LinkedIn because I, I've got a LinkedIn account and I tend to see that as my on, online CV. Yeah. I, 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 people say, oh, can you send me a CV? I say, there's my LinkedIn address. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's always up to yeah. date. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. do you know many people that blog because it has got a blog platform, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Do you? Yeah. Do you find it useful? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've got 17 uh, blog posts on LinkedIn. Yeah. And, uh, the they were all just today. Uh, they were all just today. No, they were <laughs> over the last few months. And the top ones had about 200 odd views, so... Yeah, and I have had uh, people contact me to do business with me through LinkedIn, mm. but it's important to really optimize your profile to be really clear on what you do. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's important to have a focused strategy, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, strategy is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, again, coming slightly off the sort of website thing, this does tie into another classic mistakes, which uh, single single person, I nearly said man then, single person (laughs) businesses often do, or lifestyle business often do, which is trying to do too much at once, isn't it? This is is a general thing. You've got some opinions and comments on that. Yeah. I would, in terms of organizing your time, it's it's the most important thing is consistency. Mm. Um, I talked to a, a, a local business the other day. It was around the corner from us. Uh, and they were saying, uh, I said to them, oh, ideally you want to be doing two posts uh, a week on Facebook. Mm. And he said, oh, yeah, we've done two posts. That's right, but for the whole year. Yeah. So basically, they're not being consistent. That's all right. If it's only the second of January, so. <laughs> that's right. So we're in the halfway through the year. Yeah. They're a bit behind schedule. Yeah. But it, it's like I would say, just make half an hour or twenty minutes a day, mm. and just do something for twenty minutes every day, but do it consistently. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the top tip, really, is to is to be consistent. And I know uh, certainly again my own experience when I was very young in business, yeah. and I and I was starting to get more into the website of things. Um, I, I would go through this thing where I would I would find someone a hero that I really liked, yes, and start to do some of the things that that hero suggested. Yeah. And then when I'm halfway through that, I found another hero that's slightly different. <laughs> yeah. And I and I start to follow some of the things that they're doing. And I end up with this sort of Frankenstein hero network. <laughs> do, you, do you see a lot of that going on? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I call it shiny object syndrome. Shiny object syndrome, oh, yeah. right. You've got a special name for it, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like there, is, there are many, many strategies around these days and – most of them work if you do them consistently. Mm. If you chop and change strategies every week or every two weeks or even every month, basically none of them will work as far as I can tell. You've got to be consistent and yeah. just follow one strategy until you get results rather than chopping and changing all the time. So if we could uh, sort of nail this down to, say, three top tips yes, uh, in your head... Yeah. In reverse order, with yeah. the least useful first, <laughs> ending with the most useful. <laughs> what would what would you say is the uh, of your three top tips? What what we what should we start with? I think I would say I would definitely say that being authentic is is really really important and finding your voice because it's your authenticity and your voice mm. uh, that will make the difference in the long run. And if, if you think it, about it like. If you were going to the pub, mm. then you probably wouldn't want to become a totally different person just to talk to people in the pub. You would just yeah. be naturally be yourself. Uh, and that's what I recommend is be authentic. And if you are, if it is genuinely a lifestyle business and it is your passion, then it's better just to be excited and passionate about it and authentic about it rather yeah, yeah. than trying to put on some false yeah. veneer for... Yeah. For social media. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah, go because for Because talking about authentic, and I know because you, you have an NLP background, don't you? I do, You, you used to be an NLP. Well, you probably oh. still are as far as I'm, an I NLP practitioner. Have, I'm an yeah. NLP practitioner still, So, yes. uh, listeners, all through this interview, he's been slowly making facial gestures at me. That's <laughs> going to make me want to, I don't know, buy a cream cake or something as soon as I <laughs> you think. But is there, this is really putting you on the spot, but is, yeah. there, a, is there a sort of clever nlp type thing that you can have in your mind for being authentic which kind of is a bit of a counter question really isn't it <laughs> <laughs> um, i think the uh, the the thing that i found most useful is to be aware of what's going on in your heart yeah and then speak from your heart um it, it's um it's it's just a, a practice of of uh, speaking from your heart yeah and it, sometimes when i'm talking i like touch my heart physically really 
uh, and then you know then I get more connected with what with my authentic self or my true self or my my passion or whatever you want to call it. Okay, let's keep going. What's, yeah. what's the second thing? Uh, the it second sounds like Desert thing. Island Discs. <laughs> yeah. What do you try to escape? <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'm enjoying it so far. It's same about there's no music. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, the second thing I think is to decide what makes you unique. Mm. Um, and you probably already know what's unique in terms of your passion, but you may not have thought about what makes you unique in terms of what you can do to help other people. Right. And uh, my my perspective is always that when you're doing marketing, you basically aim is to help, your basic aim is to help other people. Yeah. And the more you figure out what they want, and then you can define the way that you're uh, unique in the way that you can help other people, that will make a massive difference. And then you can use that in your social media. You can use that on your website. You can use it when you meet people face to face. But make it authentic. Don't sure. make it something that you don't do, but make it something that you do, Fantastic. Uh, that you enjoy doing. Yeah. Okay, so be authentic. Yeah. Work yeah. out how you can help people. What's the top tip from uh, the Graham Constantine? The top tip is from Graham Constantine is to give information freely. Ah, uh, like I, we're doing now. Oh, I like we're doing now, absolutely. Yeah. And I have found that um, client, clients save their best information for when they're actually uh, getting paid. And I find yes. it's often better to give the best information before you start getting paid because ideas are everywhere mm. the key to it is being able to implement those ideas yeah and so the more information you give freely and give people ideas eventually they will come to you and say can you help me implement these ideas yeah yeah uh, and if they don't and they manage to implement by themselves then that's fantastic, fantastic you help yeah. someone yeah and if they need some help then uh they come and ask you and you help them and yeah everyone's happy and what's the most common way of doing that would you say blogs or podcasts or video casts uh, i do i do uh, videos and i do mm. um blogs and um i also do uh, podcasts now so yes, yeah i'm doing all three uh and it's Fantastic. important because some people prefer to uh, consume content in the written words some like video and some prefer audio so yeah if you can put your audio uh, put your uh, content out in all channels then uh then you're serving more people. Graham Constantine, thank you so much for helping us today or joining us today or having a conversation with us today. Uh, just before we go, um, how can people find you, communicate with you, connect with you? Yeah, yeah. well, we have a bricks and mortar uh, business uh, in Kent Town, for those of you who live in Brighton. It's at 71 St. James Street. And we have a website, www.digitalfreelance.co.uk. Fantastic. Thanks, Graham. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. The show notes are in the usual place, uh, sitevisibility.com slash podcast. Uh, we're in iTunes and Stitcher. If you want to leave a review, that would be great because good reviews help us to connect with more people. Graham's laughing now. Um, <laughs> if you want to connect with me uh, sort of personally, I'm Dr. Pod, D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D on Twitter and LinkedIn. And we're looking to answer some questions in upcoming episodes. So please email and phone us. We've got a special automated phone line. The email is podcast at sitevisibility.com and the magic phone line is plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh well that's all from me andy and it's all from graham thank you andy and we'll see you next time on internet marketing <laughs> bye